Welcome everyone to Wrestle Roast. I'm your host, Robert Carpolis, and I am joined as always in crystal clear HD audio by Scott Chaplin. Oh, what up, King? Dude, what the actual living fuck? Um, <laughs> so here's the deal, guys. Here, here's the deal, Forbidden Dorks, uh, whom we love. Um, Scott and I the other day recorded for the Patreon an episode talking about the Netflix deal. Uh, we talked about The Rock coming onto the board of TKO. We, we recapped Raw. We talked the TV rights thing. And in the back of my mind, I was going, shit, we're covering a lot of really good stuff here. I wonder what we're going to talk about on the main show. And here we are, Scott. Uh, yeah. Uh... What a difference the, you know, it that, makes. Yeah, I, I can't believe they got uh, Brian Danielson fighting, uh, fighting Nagata uh, on collision. That is huge. Uh, <laughs> not only that, Moxley on Rampage. What a what a crazy-ass... Oh, wait, what's this uh, text message that just came in? Oh, Vince McMahon uh, has burned the sky to the ground. <laughs> cool. Oh, uh, it's so bad. The allegations are so, so where do we start? We start yeah, let with, me let I, me let me lay the let me lay the the road work for everyone here. Let me do the 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 Dan role first. Uh I'm not gonna belch into the mic like Dan normally would, where he does that thing where his head's like twitching to the side like he's possessed. Like, do you ever see like in Men in Black when Vincent D'Onofrio gets like inhabited by the bug? Oh yeah. That's how Dan looks when he's like trying to hold in a burp when he's on camera. It's always far more disturbing than if he just lets it out. Um, but anyway, uh, so here's what we had planned for y'all. Uh, we were going to touch on the Netflix thing because there was a little bit more detail that came out from when Scott and I talked about it. Again, going to the Patreon here, our full like hour plus thing talking about the Netflix deal. Uh, we were going to do we're going to do Dynamite or Dud. I'm going to do Rumble predictions. I wanted to touch briefly on the the rumor and innuendo uh, piece because I've seen a lot of comments about that. Uh, and then the Vince McMahon stuff happened and everything else kind of became less important. So I think that's where we got to start. Right, Scott? Oh, yeah, for sure. I guess the news broke two hours ago for so us. This we're show, recording at three. Yeah, so we're recording this at three o'clock on Thursday and I've already texted uh zach our erstwhile producer extraordinaire that this thing is going up today like we're posting this thing thursday so this episode's coming out early for those of you who wait friday morning like this is the weekly show but i'm like this is way too of the moment for us to kind of wait and sit on this for another day because like tomorrow we may find out that shane was the zodiac killer oh yeah nothing will uh surprise me so ha. Uh, Okay, yeah, so let's start. Is it a Wall Street Journal article? Is that what the, the main source of this is? No, the source is the complaint. The source is oh, the, it's, okay. the the plaintiff has filed a, a – federal complaint. Federal complaint uh, alleging a number of things that even as the lawyer, like I'm not going to get into trying to invalidate her NDA uh, – it's uh, tr uh sex trafficking charges all this all these other allegations uh in it but yeah no they this complaint went out and then it got picked up by the wall street journal it got picked up by variety variety 
posted the entire complaint, which is public record. It's about 65 pages. I went through and read it before we, we came on here today to spare Scott having to read the the intricate details of this insane legal document. But the Yeah, the... I saw some Twitter posts. I, I I get the gist of the uh of some of the scarier pieces of, of the allegations. So Which, I mean it's all it's, it's all demented. Here's here's the caveat that I'm gonna give. This is what was filed in this complaint. Um whether or not these charges are ultimately found to be true is obviously the purpose of a court of law and da 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 da. That's the disclaimer I'm putting here up front. But what this alleges is some really nightmare fuel shit. Essentially, this this woman literally uh, shit at well, one point. literally shit at one point. So this woman uh, was her her she was taking care of her sick parents who both passed away. And when they died, she needed employment. And through somebody that she knew, they connected her to Vince with the, with the idea of this is an ambitious woman. This is a smart woman. She's just gone through this really rough patch. She's had gaps in employment because she was taking care of her, her sick and dying mom and dad. Would you be willing to talk to her? Vince was, said, yes, absolutely. His response was, hell yes. He was enthusiastic about wanting to help her. He he met with her. My dog is very upset about this. He just barked. Um, he, he met with her. He talked about we were going to try to find uh, an opportunity for you within the WWE. Let's look at your resume. Let's, let's meet on this. They met several times at his condo. The meetings became more intimate in the sense that they were discussing Vince's background and his personal traumas and his childhood and stuff that we've talked about on the show. She's talked about her traumas and, and issues and things of the past. He also talked about how important and powerful he is, that he has lawyers on speed dial, um, that he is someone who can really materially improve her life and began making advances towards her that in the suit she alleges that she could not rebuff part of it was fear of i'm not you know my employment or my potential employment is predicated on complying with whatever it is that Vince wants to do uh he has talked about the power and influence he has the access to attorneys the fact that if this goes a different way that this could damage her life um which is all kind of the foundation that you want to put when you're making a lot of these the the allegations that that are are set foot here that you were you were coerced or forced or unable to say no as opposed to a consensual mutual relationship that ultimately went sour and that's an important distinction and that's what is the basis for a lot of the the subsequent legal action here uh she was ultimately given a job in the WWE uh, as an administrative coordinator, which it, the document itself literally admits was a, a no one knew what that job meant. Uh, she was working in the legal department. Then at one point they shuttled her over to the XFL, which in and of itself would be grounds for a major lawsuit to subject someone to that. Uh, and and uh, I'm going to put this here. This is us. This is our fucking show. You know who we are. You know where we stand on this. Humor is going to come out 
and it's not meant to diminish or minimize anything that actually happened here. But at the same time, you know, we're we're this is this is our show, you know, where we we interweave humor without trying to to say, yeah, what happened here was something funny or worth mockery. So just pointing that out up front, you guys know us, you guys love us, you, you get what it is that we're doing. So while she was employed by the WWE, and she talks about upwards of four different executives at various levels who were aware of her employment, who seemed to be aware of the circumstances around her employment, that she was basically hired because of the sexual action she was doing for Vince, uh, that she was engaging in in sex acts with him both in person and via text message and uh, sending pictures and video of explicit nature to him. Um, it then continues to snowball into Vince coercing her into threesomes with a physical therapist as well as John Laurinaitis that during one of the, the, the threesomes Vince defecated on her head and then instructed the physical trainer to continue to have sex with her while he showered. Then he came out and they continued to have sex while she was covered in, in excrement. Um, this is where I'll put the, by the way, this is where I'll put the disclaimer now, after I said that if your kids are in the room, uh, maybe move them out of the room. I just realized yeah, my dog just barked. Yes. Like my dog just, just did the RCA uh, dog head turn. Like literally like my buddy Adam sometimes will listen to this, like his daughter in the car, like turn it off, Adam. If she's there, like my you don't goodness. want to have this conversation. Um, and, and, you know, this is when, as far as what I've seen on Twitter, it got like really, um, I'm going to use the word demented a lot on this yeah. episode, is when it seemed like it was less a one-on-one, um, you know, kind of showering you with presence and love and then also my my bullshit into like oh i'm kind of done with you but you're still going to be a sexual employee that i pass around to people and that's there's a little bit of that there's a little bit of at one point he shifts her responsibilities to laurenitis and basically yes i mean oh my goodness he tells he tells her he, that she has to go to like Laurenitis's hotel to serve him quote breakfast, which is code for servicing him um, in some way, shape, or form. And she continues to say that it made her uncomfortable. And ultimately, the Vince McMahon compromise was he finally told her, "You can stop just having one-on-one sex with Laurenitis, but we have to maintain doing three ways." Uh, at Insane. one point, they talk about. They cornered her, they being Vince and Laurenitis, cornered her in Vince's office and forced themselves on her after she told them to stop. Um, she she sent explicit videos and pictures to Vince that he showed to other people, including a referee uh, and members of the production crew, including at one point he said up to 12 guys were looking at the messages at once and praising him with an attaboy and, and all this other nonsense. Um, the trafficking piece of this. So they identify a w, a WWE superstar who is also famous in the UFC. Obviously, it's, you know, Damn that's Punk. what everybody's saying. Yeah, uh, well, no, no, they, yeah. they, they said successfully in the UFC, not, not <laughs> got his fucking ass handed to him twice. Um, 
Also, can you admit, no, because I don't think Vince would ever want to like fuck a woman that fucked Punk. Just like would never. It just wouldn't be. Yeah. Like, I think that's part of it for him. Like he would just like he hates Punk so much. Like that would be the 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 hill he wants to like. He'll share a woman with Laurenitis, but not Punk. So it was Brock and he's like, hey, we're trying to re-sign Brock. You're going to make sexually explicit videos for him. He offers her services to Brock, where at one point he he basically says, um, like, hey, I'm not going to fuck her because I would destroy her for you and she would want me. And Brock apparently calls him because your unit won't fit in her anymore. So that's uh, that's your former WWE champion, Brock Lesnar, right there. Uh, hell of a guy. Uh, he re-signed, by the way. So they're trying to say that basically by by offering to traffic this woman was what helped secure the deal for Lesnar. Uh, and that she... Yeah, that- I guess he's... He said he wanted like a video of her peeing or something. Just, that's where I was then... going to get to with that. Yeah, he then okay, requested yeah, yeah. Um, his, I guess this his. Brock. This is Brock. Brock's fetish apparently is watching women pee and he wanted to see her urinate. So she sent the video and she's like, I was like numb. I don't even know what I'm doing. It's like, I feel like I have no say in what I'm doing, wouldn't doing. Like, this is not something I would do. And I did it. Um, Vince then role played as Brock and had sex with her where he was violent and aggressive and smacked her and, and hit her while referring to himself as Brock. So what a fucking he, strength. He had um, sex toys. He had vibrators or, or dildos. He had, vibra- he had a vibrator that apparently was not meant for insertion that he inserted in her that caused significant bleeding, which is all. And then apparently said after the fact, like, sorry, I got carried away, which is like hardcore American psycho vibes right there. Of course. Yeah. Um, He had dildos that he named after WWE superstars. And depending on the color of the dildo, it matched the color of the superstar that he was utilizing. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, then he had encouraged her to watch an episode of Raw. She watched an episode of no. Raw. She, yeah, that's the worst part. It's the worst part. He better watch Raw. Um, he encouraged her to watch Raw, and she gave feedback in a match that she really liked that was like a David versus Goliath-style match. Don't know what the match was. They didn't say what it was. Vince says, I really appreciate your insight on this and she felt like oh he's listening to me he then took a dildo and named it after the goliath wrestler and said you're going to be david and then forcibly penetrated her with the dildo um ultimately linda found out about this uh relationship and he was he didn't want to get divorced over it so he terminated her agreement with the WWE said your your time working for us is done they signed the NDA and she was paid three million dollars or was supposed to be paid three million dollars of which she did not get paid the whole amount he said I could I have to pay you in installments and she's like you're a billionaire this doesn't make any sense uh she alleges that 
or the complaint alleges that WWE, when they did the investigation into all of this, she offered to participate. They told her no. And that the grounds that they used to get rid of Vince, the whole misappropriation of funds was a way to save face. The whole thing as it reads is really ugly, really uncomfortable, really horrifying stuff. It goes beyond just Vince. It includes executives, which would be Laurenitis and whoever the unnamed executives are that secured her employment. Uh, at one point, they talk about when people got furloughed because of COVID, she was not let go, but a number of the legal department she worked for was. So that was Vince mm -hmm. saying, I'm saving your job because you're doing what it is you're doing for me, which leads to those quid pro quo style overtures. Um it's it's a it's a lot. It's ugly. It is not known how much of this like Ari Emanuel and them knew. But in the filings, when they merged UFC and, and WWE under TKO, they identified Vince McMahon as a liability because they knew there was a pending lawsuit. And that was why he was essentially removed from his position of power. As it stands now at, at 3.20 p.m., uh, Vince has not been fully removed from the WWE. The timing of this coming out, the uh, two days after Rock is put on the board of directors uh, and the Netflix deal is announced, cannot be coincidental. So my guess, my assumption is somebody there, they knew this was coming and they wanted to change the narrative. And the narrative now is you're under TKO. This is different leadership. You've now got The Rock, who's at the helm. You've got Triple H, who's overseeing WWE. Vince has no hand in creative. He was there as sort of a figurehead role. And I would imagine probably within the next 72 hours, there's going to be some story about Vince being ousted from TKO. I did a lot of talking here at not my normal hourly legal rate. This is not what I look to do from a show. Uh, Scott, I will turn it over to you. What are your thoughts on this just nightmare situation? I don't have, I don't have thoughts on this. I, th I think it's just wild as all hell. I can't believe it. I mean, um, yeah, the fact that Brock is implicated, the fact that we have to look back at not just this moment with this person, but, um, you know, a former female wrestler just posted something. I know I sent it to you where she was like, you know, the things I've seen. And I don't know if she's just implying being a woman in the wrestling business or if she's implying Vince McMahon, but you have to look at his relationship with everybody in the past. And, um, and you have to wonder, uh, you know, that committee that she claims was kind of like a fluke and, and fraudulent that was Khan and that was Levesque and that was Stephanie and so do they get called into court? And is this something that I know Stephanie is gone, right? She's completely gone. Which Stephanie's seems completely, like this is yeah, but it, it's. But do you think Triple H leaves? No. Do you think, you know, you, this is obviously not a death to WWE situation. No, the, the, this is. But this is a Brock Lesnar ain't showing up as a surprise entrant at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. I don't I mean, think Brock's Brock, making an appearance. Brock ain't going to be at WrestleMania and um, there's going to be a lot of questions that need answering uh, on Saturday. If they do a media scrum, honestly, I would guess they cancel the media scrum because it's fake wrestling and y'all just started them anyway. Um, yeah, I think 
is in a really, really weird situation where I'm sure none of these guys uh, have a problem denouncing Vince, uh, especially after this stuff and, and even before this stuff. But I feel like as an in-law, he is going to have a, a, a an interesting loyalty. And uh, no, I'm interested not. to see what he does have to say. About he's not going to have an interesting loyalty to also it. the Netflix thing. So there's this Netflix documentary coming out about Vince that's supposed to like tell all. And now Raw is going to be on Netflix. Isn't that uh, a situation where maybe there's going to have to be some behind the scenes scraping of a documentary? OK, so there's a couple things here. First, Hunter does not need to distance himself from from the Vince thing. I think the response of as an executive, we are taking these allegations seriously, uh, you know, how, however they want to weave through why this did not come out in the investigation that they did internally. They found that he was paying money to this individual for an inappropriate relationship. I don't know. You know, there there's ways to tap dance around it. But Hunter doesn't owe Vince anything anymore. It's a it's an uncomfortable personal matter, but even Vince will say, do what's best for the viability, health, and safety of the company going forward. His you reputation. Know, I thought that Robert, but didn't he like didn't he force himself back into the company last year when no yeah, one he, wanted him there? He did, because that's Vince. Vince is an egomaniac. There was like this big concern, like is is he tanking this? This company, what the hell is happening? And now you look back at it and you're like, how, how did you possibly think that you could step back here? Even like for the benefit of of, of your of your children, you know, of Stephanie uh, and your grandchildren. Why would he try to get back involved last year? Because he's got like because a, Scott, he's got because he's got an ego. Here's the thing. This is a guy who theoretically got away with the Rita Chatterton stuff. Chatterley Chatterley, the, the woman whose name, I, I, the female referee. Like, he got away sure, with yeah, that yeah. years ago. He beat the federal government in the steroid trial. He got away with whatever happened down here in Palm Beach at, like, a tanning salon. There was another thing that happened with him in California that he ultimately got away with. And in his mind, I have an NDA in place with this woman. I'm paying her millions of dollars. This isn't going to come out beyond whatever's already come out. And the other part of it, and it's mentioned in the suit, he's like, if this goes public, if I get divorced and this comes out or whatever, like your reputation is going to be forever tarnished. The the explicit images, the stories, all of it is going to come now out. Wait, she says this to him or he says this he to says her? He says this to her as a way of like, oh my here's God. why you want to keep your mouth shut because if this comes out, they're going to know – you were used as as a uh you know uh, a plaything for me and John Laurinaitis. They're gonna know about the threesomes. They're gonna know about the videos you've made. Like I'm gonna you know kind of kind of like ruin your life. Sure. And I think he well, I thought know. all that was gonna stay quiet. And when he when he tweeted his step down thing in 2022 in July, and then nothing came out. I think he thought he was in the clear. I think he thought the worst of it's over. I got nabbed because I was having an affair with a, a, a member of the, the, you know, the legal staff. Oh, well, if anything else, the guys will give me an attaboy that uh, Vince was, you know, fucking a young girl. It's going to happen. Ha ha ha. 
I don't think he expected the detail in the way that this was to come out. And Ari is not going to let his. What happens to what? I mean, does he go to? He has to go to court. I'm sure. Well, his legal team will come up most likely. And and again, this is not my my explicit area of expertise, but my guess is they are going to probably his legal team is going to come up with a defense. They're probably going to try to come up with some sort of uh, summary judgment argument for why these charges should be dismissed and leave it to a judge. And they'll do everything they can to try to avoid this getting significantly further. Um, It's going to come down to also the motivation for the plaintiff. You know, what is what does she want out of this? If they turn around now and say, you know, we've got this complaint for the benefit of all parties, we are willing to settle. How many zeros does it take for this to go away? That's most likely what some of the scumbag lawyer tactics are going to be. A little bit of uncharted water here, quite frankly, in terms of what's going to what's going to happen with this uh, this thing. As far as the Netflix component goes, Netflix kind of said we're doing this documentary now, however the fuck we want. Like we're not holding it back. We, they went back and re-interviewed like Meltzer. So it was going to be a full on expose anyway. The, the raw being on Netflix piece. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of how to say this really delicately. I don't think the allegations against Vince McMahon are going to stop people from watching Raw because a lot of people know Vince's not a great guy. They've made peace with it. And even if they haven't, it's not his show anymore. Yeah, no, people are also, they're strange. I mean, you know, in a year, they might watch this documentary and then want to go back and watch... (laughs) His like work in the attitude era and stuff, sure. you know, and there are people who are going to come out and say, you know, this was a consensual relationship. This was a woman who knew what she was getting into all the creepy, disgusting defenses that people like to throw out there. And people are going to hold on to that. And you see that with with wrestling fans. You see that with yeah, any Brock any Lesnar's kind of entertainment lawyer. fans. Brock Lesnar. Well, I mean, what happens with a Brock? Does he so, get like the least of it? Kind of. It's like he's not. He's not. not he's not upon. sued. He's not being sued. It's Vince mm-hmm. and Laurinaitis are the ones that are being sued in this in this instance. In Brock's situation, like his defense is just going to be like, you know, hey, this guy was like my this girl I'm fucking wants to fuck you. Okay, uh, this girl that I'm fucking wants to send you gross videos. Are you cool with this? Yeah. Like people do weird shit. Sure, sure, yeah. You know, my, you know, Mike Lawrence is big time Hollywood right now. I'm sure he's just like, yeah, I've seen this hundreds of times. <laughs> I don't know why that's his the only voice way you get, get into those writing rooms, man. That's why. That's what he's teaching on those Zoom lectures. Mike's a part by of the, the way, Illuminati. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, Mike's definitely he's the Illuminati. No, um, we're 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 joking. We're kidding. Um, but this is like the whole thing you've seen with all the Epstein stuff, which I don't even want to go down that path, but it's like, there's this thing, this recurring theme that seems to happen. And it's been throughout the me too movement, this idea that men in a position of power seem to exert it 
and think that there are no consequences. That's kind of where yeah, we're at they, right now with Vince. They can hire people for, uh, yeah, it's it's bad. And we've wow. seen, like, I, um... who knows what's going to come out with it. There have always been rumblings about actions. With There was the, the, the Rita stuff, the, the Boca stuff. There's always been like these awkward whispers about what Vince may or may not have done with female talent. Uh, the person in question we talked about, Maria Canellis, was who tweeted it out. That, you know, th- th- that somehow that she said this kind of validates things that she's seen and experienced. We don't know what any of that actually means or what she's actively implying, but it's it's kind of this pervasiveness that exists. And maybe this will free other people up to feel like they're going to be able to say what it is that happened to them. I don't know. But yeah, again, I mean, it's ooh. it's it's wild. Uh, it's uncomfortable. It's weird. You guys are kind of sifting through it with us. Um, what is this? Uh, oh, it's uh, sorry. The the Wrestle Rose group uh, chat. Uh, since Dan un- unfortunately unable to join us today, he uh, he had a time uh, thing. Um, what is this? Uh, risk review is pending. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'm like constantly refreshing. That's the thing. I'm constantly refreshing. So news, I, but I guess it's the new. This is the news. This is the news. Um, it's now it's, it's constant. It's going to be a matter of him probably stepping down from what is it? He still owns a percentage, and he's hang and he walks around Connecticut sometimes. Uh, so yeah, he yeah. I mean, he's he's still I think has a position with the board. He still owns stock. They can't like force him to sell his shares. Makes sense he why he sold the shores. No, he owns them. He's a private person. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I guess that's true. Makes sense why he sold a bunch of shares before. But yeah, Kevin Dunn's gone. Vince is gone. Laurenitis is gone. It feels like directly or indirectly, there's been a, a house cleaning. And I, you know, I don't I don't want to stick my neck out too far, but I will say, like Hunter has always seemed to have been a stand-up guy. Loved working with him. People that I know that work with him before and currently all have great things to say about him. I'm hoping it will be a true sea change in the organization. I'm hoping The Rock, who has a a fairly unimpeachable character, is going to ensure that this is a a great place working going forward. Nick Khan, you got to hope that you know he is not someone who had prior knowledge of this, because I think he's done such wonderful things with the WWE. It's a, it's a tough time. Um, I will caution with the tribalism that seems to exist right now in wrestling. I really hope Tony Khan does not comment on this. Yeah, I think it would be really foolish of him. He's been, but he's done that kind of stuff before. I just, this is one to lay out. This is one to just stay quiet. Yeah, it's not, and again, it's not it's not like a moment to kick a company, and also it's it's it is not going to affect the television product. No. Um, but I, damn. Yeah, I think this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a tough one for them to to try to push through on what should have been a really great weekend for uh, for WWE programming. I. Uh, 
you think anybody no one's gonna walk from something like this there's no reason to there's new ownership new direction yeah that's the thing if it's um, not like vince is in charge right now it's not like i don't want to play the hypotheticals game with anybody else but if somebody that were in a true position of power right now actively in charge and these things came out and they were not removed i can see why people are going to say we want out we 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 don't want to work for this person we want to walk out of this organization that is not the case right now um i'm sure there are meetings and discussions that are going on and they're trying to assuage people and say like this was the old world this was the old regime we are a new organization moving forward also again the the lame defense but as lawyer, I do use a lame defense of while these are allegations, they have not been proven. Vince has his opportunity to give his full-throated defense. And I'm sure his defense is going to be this was a young woman that I fostered a relationship with, a, a mentorship for it even mentions in the suit. Vince had professed his love to her. He called her his girlfriend at certain times. They said it was opportunistic. His defense is going to be this was a genuine, true relationship between two people engaging in what feels like an eyes wide shut level uh you know partnership and that in and of itself might not necessarily be illegal or actionable uh and then it becomes he said she said and i'm sure it'll be a protracted and very ugly uh series of conversations the next piece of this is going to be what other stuff comes out and you think you mean with her uh, with, no, with the case? With, no, with, with Vince. If other people now feel emboldened to say, here is what I did here with Vince. Here is what I saw. Here is what I heard. Former employees. And now what can they do? Can they jump onto this case? Um, make a separate case become like um, sort of, you know, called into this case as people to go, yes, this I've had a similar situation with him. So – not for so for this not for this case in 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 some regard so in one regard what can happen is these people can be used as as witnesses who want to be under sworn oath and say i saw this i heard this uh i witnessed this what have you whether it's one of the people that vince showed the content to uh, and they want to come forward and say hey i was one of the tech people and i was shown this then that person can turn around and potentially sue and say they were creating an unsafe work environment. I was being exposed to adult material at my job that I did not want to see, but I was afraid if I did not actively engage and participate and watch, I was going to lose my job. They would have their own suit. They're not going to necessarily pile onto this one, but it could lead to lead to an avalanche of other potential litigation against Vince. Again, totally hypothetical. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens over the next 24 to 48 hours. It would be ignorant to think that they did not have a battle plan in place for when this occurred. We've said all along, Ari Emanuel was looking for any excuse to have Vince's head cut off. And this is the best excuse possible. Oh, yeah. They get to slam the door on him now, you know, um, and be, be praised for it. Yeah, I don't think it affects like the... The company, in terms of, um, really, even its 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 future perception, I guess, is what I mean. It it does affect it. Uh, for a moment, you know, the casual fans still does think he is the owner. Uh, when they see the headline, all they're gonna think about is, 
you know, that he's still there weekly and whatnot. But for the future of this company, yeah, I, I, I don't think, I mean, they obviously disclosed this to, uh, to the rock. And if they didn't, holy shit, is he flipping out right now on a, Oh, I'm sure. Jet? No, no. I'm sure he knew a suit was going to come out. The, the specifics of it, notwithstanding, I'm sure he knew something's coming out here. We need to shift the narrative to talking about the future, not the past. Well, you got a Royal Rumble prediction? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to say, how the fuck do we pivot? Um, we we can pivot. Here, here's how we here's how we pivot, guys. We're all here because we are we are wrestling fans. We love the the, the we love the entertainment. We love the show. Not for this other nonsense. This actually, you know what? This is a good point right here for me to to comment briefly on the end of the the other podcast I was doing, Rumor and Innuendo. Um, those of you who may not have seen it uh, or seen the notice, uh, Nick is not going forward with co-hosting Rumor and Innuendo. I don't know what the future of that show looks like. We had conversations between Nick and I and conversations with uh, I, with Conrad about sort of the, the tone and direction of the show and, and what it is that we saw it, it being... Um, and we kind of got sucked into a version of this situation with, with what happened with, uh, with Chris Jericho, where, where Nick talked about, uh, the, you know, his, his comments with Chris Jericho and what that all led to. And in part, it was sort of a misalignment for me of what I saw the show being versus what, what sort of show I think, you know, Nick had in mind versus what show Conrad had in mind. Um, I liked doing sort of a daily half hour, almost PTI style format, similar to what like Scott and I do on here, which is, hey, let's just talk about a bunch of the shit that's going on in wrestling. Nick is a a journalist. He wants to get into, you know, other other stories uh, of, of different temperament. It doesn't necessarily mesh with my brand, for lack of a better way to to put that, like. Hey, I'm going to talk about the Netflix deal. I want to talk about the rock thing. Like we kind of had to talk about the Vince stuff because it was broken elsewhere. I don't necessarily want to be the one that's like, I'm doing the investigative journalism and here is a story that I'm going to break. Um, so we ultimately decided, Hey, this might not be the, the, the best vehicle for both of us together. We enjoyed doing it. The, the audience that was watching it sure as hell seemed to like it. I think there absolutely still is an appetite to do a daily half hour kind of news recap show that has a light touch to it. So I'm going to continue to kind of brainstorm with Conrad, what that might look like going forward. So really appreciate all the other support for everyone there. But like what you just heard for the last 40 minutes of this show is not something that I necessarily want to have to do day in and day out. It's, Hey, let's talk rumble predictions. Let's talk dynamite. Let's talk, you know, crazy, goofy, fun wrestling rumors, not criminal investigations and uh, sexual harassment. Yeah, I want to talk shit, shit, not talk shit because it's part of an investigation. Exactly. Uh, so I th I'm happy. Uh, wild, 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 though. But yeah, I mean, I guess we can talk about the Royal Rumble. Because uh, I am excited about the Royal Rumble. And now, even during the boring spots, everybody has something to talk about at the Royal Rumble party. 
Um, yeah. There will be moments where I'm not going to want to uh, eat chips with dip because it's it's going to be gross thinking of Vince in any sexual way. I mean, that's... Well, that's, that's what we have Roman Reigns for. Who do you think's winning that four-way? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, let's... All right, let's pivot here. The WWE product over the last several months, inarguably, has been better than we've seen in, in years. I think the last year, year and a half, the, the bloodline storylines, the stuff that we've seen with the Usos, the, the the narratives we saw going into WrestleMania last year and SummerSlam this like we've gotten a really good, really strong year and change of creative. The only dip that we had all year was like night two of WrestleMania, which was the night that Vince got his hands on and started rebooking. And then after that Raw after WrestleMania, they kind of neutralized Vince again. So we're getting a rumble that is very much the vision of Triple H and the creative team. So I'm excited to see what it is that they're going to do. I'm excited to see where we're going with with uh, WrestleMania going further. Um, I'm going to pull up the WrestleMania card. It's a, a the Royal Rumble card. Sorry, it's a very short card that they've announced, uh, which I know will disappoint you, Scott, because I know that you love the 11 hour AEW pay per views that you're normally uh, no, subjecting no, no, us no. I to. like a short card. Or a 45-hour, like, New Japan show at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> All right. So the first match they have announced is Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens for the United States title. It's a big celebrity in Logan Paul taking on Kevin Owens, who they did a really nice job on SmackDown last week of showing highlights of when Owens, like, stunned uh, Logan Paul a couple of years ago at WrestleMania. And then Kevin Owens' response was like, I don't even remember that. Just to be perfectly honest, I didn't fucking remember it happened. Um, what are you what do you what do you got for this one? Oh, well, also, you know, buried because of the news today, just like an hour ago, yeah, they posted that Owens and Logan got in a fight at the performance center, uh, which is fun. It's a cute thing. I think Logan wins, right? Yeah, I, I, I love Kevin Owens. I think Kevin Owens rules. I, I look at two nights of WrestleMania. I don't know where you put him. I, it's a good problem to have, I guess. But yeah, I, I, I see Logan Paul at WrestleMania fighting L.A. Knight. Yes. And I think Logan Paul needs the U.S. championship to do so. Yes. Beating him is is important. I think Kevin, if. So in looking, you can't not look at Mania or at Rumble without thinking about the Mania card and where folks are going to wind up. It's Kevin's going to wind up in a cold match, most likely. He's going to wind up somewhere kind of lower on the card. The guy who doesn't have anything on on SmackDown, in all honesty, is Solo. He's so the you, what you think Solo versus Owens? You could get to a Solo versus Owens match. Um if for no other reason than Solo is the guy who destroyed John Cena and have him, you know, bad-mouthing Cena's reputation, Owens, even in TV, has always been respectful of Cena and stepping in as the guy who's like, I'm, you know, I'm going to put a stop to this uh, because I didn't put a stop to Roman when I had the chance. 
So I'm going to put a stop to the rise of Solo. Sure, sure. It's something, but yeah, he's yeah, it's kinda... a sort of. It's like if you if you could kill Baby Hitler situation. He's like, I can't stop Roman, so I'll kill Roman as a baby, which is Solo. Yes, I like that. Solo Sokoa's nickname now is Baby Hitler. Thank you. Yeah, Baby uh, Roman. Yeah, speaking of Roman. Roman's actually showing up to wrestle on this pay-per-view. It's going to be Roman versus Orton versus AJ Styles versus LA Knight. Um, there's on, no he's way. Stacking them. He's stacking all of them. Yeah, he's going to pin all three of these guys, right? Well, I mean, I, I there's going to be shenanigans, which is funny because there doesn't need to be shenanigans. Uh, the three other guys in this match could ruin it for themselves, but I have a feeling we're going to see some... Uh, some table involvement. So uh, it'll be fun though. I mean, I think everybody in this match looks great. Roman's been preserving himself. He always tells a fun enough story. The uh, title matches at Royal Rumbles. I never like that. There's a title match at a Royal Rumble. I've enjoyed some in the past, but I typically kind of am not happy that they have title matches. Cause I think the show should be so focused on the rumbles and i think having title matches it's like i don't know everybody in that match should be going in day of knowing who that champ at mania is going to be and the fact that that could also change hands at a royal rumble it always just kind of um dampens the mat the rumble match for me yeah, yeah they, they usually do kind of like a lot of the times they'll phone it in i mean they did do the kevin owens roman match and the empty arena thing which was fun but my my default was always the the Brock Lesnar hardcore Holly title yep, match yep. when they're just like we know you don't give a fuck because you're ordering the rumble for the rumble matches you're not ordering the rumble because you want to see the other stuff they're doing this as a four way because they don't want to in the rumble have to eliminate AJ Styles or LA Knight because they are theoretically top stars. They're not important oh, you enough don't think to they'll show up later on in the night in the match. No, I, no, I don't think you, you can't eliminate them. The problem I'll, is, I mean, is if you I'll, if I'll because if you have AJ or you have LA Knight in the in the Royal Rumble and they get tossed, they're just a guy, and they need to be bigger than just a guy going into Rumble or going into Mania. I don't know why my brain keeps wanting to switch these two. So we talked about LA Knight, Logan Paul. It makes sense that you would get Orton versus AJ as a, as a match going forward. You still have Elimination Chamber to tell whatever story it is you're going to tell, and you can plug one or both of these guys into it, or all three of them if you really want to. But, yeah, there's no way Roman's losing the title. But by having a four-way, you at least create the intrigue of, oh, shit, Roman could lose the title without getting pinned. Sure. That's all the affirmation I'm looking for, man. Just a long pause <laughs> followed by sure. I do think it'll be a fun match. Oh yeah, no, I think I think this match is gonna be it'll be well laid out because they'll probably like take out LA Knight early. Yeah, and it's I, kind of been planned for like um over a month now. Yeah. You've built a story to get to it. The guys like all kind of hate each other in storyline mode. It just it works. Um those are the only two matches announced for this show. There's the uh, the men's and women's Royal Rumble. We'll get to the, we'll do the women's Royal Rumble first. There are only four women announced for the Royal Rumble, and to be perfectly honest, 
these are probably the only four women that stand a chance of even winning the Royal Rumble. Bailey, Nia Jax, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair. Who you got? Well, I think this is going to be a fun match. Uh, I'm hoping we get surprises. I know something they like to do is they like to go, no, we're going to give our roster uh, an opportunity. No, I want five. I want five TNA knockouts in this match. Uh, I want two people from stardom. I want three veterans and then the four women you just named. I think um, Trinity returns. Yeah. Is is the thing Dan sent us real? Dan sent us. I don't. I don't. I, do I not haven't seen that anywhere. Not, I don't think it's real. I think where it's Dan real. gets his news is is so comical to me, but he sends us a screenshot of like the WWE.com accidentally leaked a, a brand new Sasha Banks's back t-shirt. I have not seen this anywhere else besides Dan sending it to us. Yeah, I have not seen anything about that. Yeah, you might need like an AOL dial-up to find out this type of news. But um, this may have been like Dan a- is acting AI. like. Yeah, he's acting like Sasha's going to be there. I wonder. I wonder if Sasha will be there. I wonder if she comes out as Mercedes and then uh, doesn't come back and then still goes to AW. Or did AW implode so much over the last month? that this apparent deal that she has had with them has fallen apart and she's going to be at the rumble. Either way, I think it's going to be a fun match that who wins. I asked you it's what you're here for, Scott. I don't even know who the women's champion is right now, bro. So on the um, raw side, it's Rhea Ripley on the SmackDown side. It's EO Scott. Well, Rhea should win the rumble. I don't know why she's champion. She should be the rumble. winner. She won the rumble last year, dude. <laughs> I'm begging you to pay attention. All right, here's the deal. You're probably going to get Naomi back, Trinity Fatu. I'm sure she'll probably be a surprise entry. I've seen rumblings that Sonya Deville is healthy and she might make a return. Um, you've got the possibility of Michelle McCool or Trish or Lita. What about the Bellas? No, nah, I don't think the Bellas will be there. They could. Is one of their think... in-laws, uh, Laurenitis? They're they're all right. Let me try to explain how in-laws work. Genius. Laurenitis. Stepdad, Laurenitis. One of them. They're they're. Oh, both, both of them. them. One of them. Twins. You. <laughs> one of them. Both of them. You are the dumbest man alive. Sometimes, and I love it. I'm like listening. I'm like, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna catch it at some point. You're gonna catch it. Oh, that's. They're identical so twins, but they have a different mom. Uh <laughs> that's. Thank you. We needed that. Oh my God. Um, wow. Jesus. Uh, you've got uh, Alexa Bliss, who could always make a return since she already had the baby. And I think that would be sure. a nice little like. Yeah, and I would like that. I would like that for Bray. You yeah. know. Yeah. And then you got a bunch of women that their entrances are going to be met with just like complete silence, which is unfortunate, but it's kind of the nature of the uh, the the. The show sometimes, you know, Asuka and Kyrie Sane are taking on the the women's tag champions, Caden uh, and Katana, I think on Friday. So they'll probably win the tag titles on Friday. Or if, in case when you're listening to this, like today, because the whole goal is, see, unlike three foot eight Adam Cole uh, and his little devil brigade, damage control 
has a plan to win all the gold, and it seems like a legitimate plan. Like, EO has the SmackDown women's title. The Kabuki Warriors are going after the women's tag titles. And the idea is that Bailey needs to win the Rumble to win the Raw title. So I would imagine that the the Kabuki Warriors are going to win the tag titles. So they're probably not going to be in the Rumble match. But I doubt when Zoe Stark comes out, like the roof's going to come off the place. Sure, yeah. But yeah, I think it comes down to the... you can't do Rumble. You can't do Mania. I swear, I don't know what's going on with my brain. You can't do Mania without doing Becky and, and Rhea. And I don't think anyone, and I'm just going to generalize here because it's me personally, I sure as hell don't want to see Nia Jax in that match. No, no, that's not happening. Yeah, no, I agree. It'll probably be a, a Becky victory, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, Becky can win. The other intriguing option is Bailey wins and she's kind of been like on the outs with damage control. So maybe this is how you turn Bailey babyface that she challenges EO for the title. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah. Team, I forget you need two women's matches anyway, right? You need to, well, you need two women's matches and the other women's match you could do is EO against Bianca, which is good, but I kind of feel like we've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the men's side, whom they've announced so far. That's right. I said whom. It's a high-class fucking show. Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, Shinsuke Nakamura, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Gunther, Kofi, and Damian Priest. Yeah, it's Damian Priest, man. Obviously. He's going to win the whole thing. No, he's the one person that's in it that I go. Ah, but he's got the briefcase. Why does he even have to be in it? But he's popular enough. I'm fine with it. I think this match is going to be stacked. I think it's going to be a blast. I would have predicted that Lesnar was going to be there. I don't think that anymore. Um, but I'm still expecting a few surprises, even though they don't need surprises this year. No. They got a stacked ass roster with enough storylines that even though you think there's like a chance of maybe four guys really winning it. Um, I mean, I think I've been saying it the last few weeks, there's like 12 guys that you're invested in, in terms of story purposes, being in the match and seeing a cool moment, um, maybe even like 15. So, yeah, I, mean, I think if you've we're going to have a really fun yeah, match. If you've got Lashley in I think there. we get Andrade. Ooh. Um, that's an intriguing one. Yeah, and then, you know, maybe like a callback, a, a retro wrestler. And hmm, I think Sami Zayn comes back. Oh, uh, they're gonna do some NXT business for sure, right? Uh, you could do yeah, you could do Braun Breaker, I guess. Um, hmm. you could do. I don't. I mean, from what I understand, Braun Strowman is healthy. Oh yeah, you could absolutely. Uh, uh Omos is Omos is healthy. Yeah, but the. Problem with you bringing guys like this into the matches, you go, "How the hell do we get them out?" And it's like, over, well, over I know the how top we get rope, them out. The moment where everybody gangs up on them, yeah. Well, you, yeah, you need that moment where everybody, and you can't give that to like, like there's Bronson Reed or Otis, but like they're they they're like round, like they look hard to eliminate, but they're not tall. So it's just they like watching have Mayor Kane come out. 
we should have Mayor Kane because they don't have enough problems right now. Let's bring yeah. in Mayor Kane. Pumpkin GTS. And, but no, I think your winner is, you know, I wanted to say Punk um, for so long because Cody won the Rumble last year. And, and you feel like he, even though the rumors are he's not going to finish the story this year, you still go, well, there's there's a way you can get to it without him winning the Rumble. And you want Punk versus Rollins. Um, even though there's a rumor now that it might be Gunther versus Rollins. So I want to talk, I want to comment Gunther on that rumor for Rumble. a minute. If Gunther wins the Rumble, the women's match is going last and not the men's. I'll say that. You're not ending a pay-per-view with Gunther winning the Rumble. So I will say there so there was the rumor that our our, our friend of the show, Justin Barrasso, Sports Illustrated, had broke that it was going to be Gunther and Seth, and they were going to do Cody and Punk, and that we were going to get Rock and Roman. He has now subsequently posted that the the source that gave this to him, uh, he's heard from someone else, another trusted source, that the first person, well, this was potentially intentionally uh, designed to cause confusion. Like, they intentionally fed him bad information, which, if true, is really fucking ugly and shitty and, and bad. That somebody, according to the, the first report, I think it was someone close to Triple H, that somebody would have gone ahead and done that to Justin that's really unprofessional and wrong and and really, really fucked up. Yeah. Again, long pause but, uh, followed by um, affirmation. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just see Punk winning, right? Like, the only reason Punk doesn't win is, you know, I guess you could make this argument of, come on, he just came back. He's, like, not wrestled at all. But maybe that's part of the story, right? He's this guy who comes back and is talking all this talk, but he's become what he hates. He's become the New York Yankees, like he said about John Cena. Um, I don't know. But here's the, here's... it feels like Punk is winning. If Gunther wins, this is how Gunther wins. Ready? You, you know how there's the – it'll be my – this is my high spot of the week is that there's a rumor that WWE is going to be more sports-centric. And if that's the case, then you make it sports-centric in the sense that it's like, yeah, this isn't cute. This guy who's been dominating came out here and just dominated all your favorites. Then I'd be fine. I just don't see that being what happened. So the problem with doing Punk and Cody at WrestleMania, if that's where they're going with this, is you know where WrestleMania is this year, right? Philly. Yeah. The Philly crowd will eat up Cody. Will eat up Cody. And you can't risk completely like like you don't want to like everyone sort of has like blinders on like they all forgot that Cody was the guy they booed the shit out of in AEW and we're all kind of playing along that like yeah no Cody's a babyface if you remind them that he's this over the top saccharine babyface that you can boo the shit out of Philly will absolutely side with Punk and destroy Cody and I don't think Cody can recover you can't risk it well that's the thing about that, the rumor of, of it being Punk versus Cody, is you both want them to finish their stories. You know, you both want them to get their moment. And yeah, we can wait a year. Shit, we can wait two years. But, well, that's another thing, though. If they both go to Mania, one of them can't finish their story, right? The other part is... It should be Punk. That's what makes them snap. You got your Mania main event and you lost it. That's fun. Yeah, but... I don't think that like people are like oh punk could get main event forty one. I don't know that punk makes it to forty one. Like 
on top of his political like backstage implosion habits, he physically seems to get injured very easily a lot. So yeah, I don't know that you squander. Hey, I guess you could say the same about Seth Rollins. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Ra he's held up better than than most. But I think the story of Seth versus Punk, it makes sense. Neither one of them have truly made events at a WrestleMania. It means something to them. Give it to them. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. say yeah. it's I'm gonna say it's Punk. Um. I think there'll be a lot of really yeah, fun moments. Rumble. Yeah. And then uh, we get, what, Punk and Seth? Oh, my God. Do we have to do Dynamite or Dud, actually? Oh, yeah, no, we, we are going to okay. fucking. Okay, I'm going to do Dynamite or Dud insanely fast because I watched two hours yes. of this fucking show. They posted a a graphic yesterday, Wednesday, of the card. They're like, it's Edge and Suzuki, it's Thunder Rosa and Red Velvet, it's Hangman and Penta, it's Swerve and Jeff Hardy, it's the six-man match. I look at that, I could have immediately predicted who was going to win every one of those matches. And I was 100% right. This was two hours. I, I texted the group. I said, this was two hours of TV that felt like watching one of the three-hour Raws from a couple years ago. Nothing happened on two hours of television. <laughs> well, I, look, I, I will say this. You are right about being able to predict every match. And there's the concern that that's going to feel like every week now. Now that you have uh, implemented the rankings again, right? That's you can it. be able to look at a card and go, we know exactly who's going to go where, because otherwise, what are you even doing? Uh, that's where Tony has to get creative, but he has, uh, you know, this is a huge roadblock, this ranking thing. It's like, and we've talked about it, and, and it'll be my low spot. It's my low spot. Um, even though the Vince thing is much lower, I'm just, you know, we talked about it already. But having these rankings, when you're already having a clear difficulty writing a, a television show, you're just creating more problems for yourself. You're creating more moments for people to point out flaws and errors and inconsistencies. And why did you do that if you could have done this? And why is this guy doing this if you couldn't have done that? You're going to fuck this up because it's almost why it's there. Why Rankings in wrestling, just let a guy win the matches, you know? Don't tell us. Like, just do it. Yeah. We rank it ourselves. We watch guys, and we have our own rankings in our brains. It's how wins and losses work just based on looking at it, you know? Um, but when you make it concrete like that, now we're going to have questions every step of the way. And I do not want to watch wrestling asking those kind of questions because then it becomes like um, not sports. It becomes like uh, you know when people go, uh, oh, I love sports. Let's go to Vegas and enjoy sports. And then they're just like looking at numbers and being psychopaths and they're gambling addicts. This is for like those type of brains. This isn't for someone trying to watch something for fun. This is like a weird technical tick that I don't enjoy. Um, it could work. I don't think it's going to. It, but and it, yeah, you're right. It did affect the show. But I had fun watching the show and I thought – um, Hangman's match was great. Swerve's match was great. Oh, I didn't think Swerve. I thought I, Hangman's the match. Stuff. So hold on. So the hang, Hangman match was great. Hangman and Penta was a lot of fun. 
Jeff Hardy, I don't know what, the, like, he seemed like, I guess part of it's like in character, he's supposed to be like strong, sad now or something, but it felt yeah, weird. And like, yeah. he got way too much offense with Swerve. Like Swerve's got it. Like he did this with Dustin. Like you, you don't have to be generous with these guys. Yeah. And he was flubbing up, uh, up top too. Yes, he was. Um, I liked Joe's promo. I thought Joe seemed like the guy in charge. The stuff with Hook was kind of weird. It not only was it weird, it was a very small crowd. Um, he kind of messed up that moment where he was like whispering to Joe, but also speaking into the mic. And then someone went, "What?" <laughs> like, yeah, not not a crowd chanting, "What?" Just one guy genuinely being like, "Wait, I missed that." It was also weird, like, during the Swerve match, they kept trying to do the Who's House, Swerve's House chant, but it sounded so faint because there was, like, nobody there in, like, a giant, like, cavern. Also, Nana's got to stop doing that. He's a heel. Yes. He's a heel. The crowd's going crazy for, for this dude. Come on. So, so I know we weren't going to talk Dynamite in detail, but I got to... This Trent-Wardlow match. So, Tony... I'm going to talk directly to you. Wardlow, when he returned after no longer being like Arn Anderson's like ward, was just going out on TV, squashing guys in like 30 seconds and looking like a monster killer top, just ass kicker. Not a baby face, not a heel, just a monster. His goal was that he was going to destroy MJF. Him on his own. He's 11 and a half feet tall. He could kill Max. You have him join this devil group. Which makes zero sense. He looks like he doesn't want to be a part of this group. He doesn't get to be the one to destroy Max. Max was already broken by Samoa Joe before you even got in the ring. And now, in his first match as part of this devil group, they make Adam Cole walk a, walk ahead of him, which was the same story you told with Max. And then he has a match with Trent that goes way too long as opposed to him just murdering a dude. This sucks. <laughs> well, I like Trent Brenna a lot, and I think he's a great wrestler. I like so Trent a lot too, but it's not like he's been credible. Like, oh, they're making late. Trent look good. Yeah. Sure, sure. And I think Wardlow... Um, Again, this whole him being a part uh, of, of Undisputed Kingdom is a bad look. It doesn't make much sense. I know they're going to try to recover eventually when Max comes back. But until then, what are we doing? Because, again, no one wants to see Wardlow versus Joe, not this version of Wardlow. No. Which is unfortunate because we would have wanted to see another version of Wardlow versus Joe because we saw it before and we liked it. So, yeah, sucks. It's baffling. It's weird. Um, by the way, the way that you do this, in case you guys are wondering booking-wise, is you build up Hangman, Swerve, and Joe as a triple threat while at the same time building Wardlow up as an unstoppable monster so that if Hangman wins, the very first opponent he has is Wardlow. It's called booking. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, another weird thing, Tony, Mr. Khan, the only Mr. Khan that we really value here in wrestling. Uh, Cause I know if you don't kiss your ass, you're not going to listen. Um, you went on Twitter to complain about Jinder Mahal getting a world title shot. 
and that these need to be earned. And then you create a ranking system because your your championship uh, opportunities need to be earned. Why did Mogul Embassy get a shot at the acclaimed if they lost their titles lat a week ago? Oh yeah, I felt the same way. I'll say this: I love um, the Bang Bang Scissor Gang. Yes, I like these teams together. I liked the way they interacted on television last night, where Mogul Embassy tried to cheat, and um, the Ass Boys and Jay White didn't let it happen. I, I like that. Um, this match, though. This shouldn't have been the opponent because they lost last week. And this was for the titles, right? Yep. It so, was for the titles. Ah, ah. You, you lose the lesser no, six-man titles to get a shot at these. The dumbest. The dumbest. Yeah, I, I, I hated this too. Well, that part of it. Uh, the, um, the Edge Minoru Suzuki thing. Were you excited about this match? Was this a dream match for you as a New Japan guy? No. Okay. No, I mean, look, I like Suzuki a lot, and I love the Suzuki Danielson match in AEW. But other than that, I don't think he's looked good in AEW at all. Uh, anytime he shows up, they do that back and forth punch thing. And for some reason, the way it's filmed here or the way they're executing it, it does not feel like it used to feel when I when I've seen it in New Japan. And um, you know, Suzuki is much older now. Yeah, I was fine with the match, but no, I was not. I was not buying into the uh, this is a dream match aspect of it. The dream, even though to me, them it might be. Um, the, the, and it the, it was fine enough, but I thought there was like a few you know silly moments. Oh, I you know I felt bad that they went into the crowd to keep the shot so close because there was no one in the crowd. Um, that happened throughout the night. They would do like random shots of the ceiling because they couldn't do a shot of the crowd where they wanted to. Uh, cause no one was there. Then at the end, Edge was like, like I told you, like he spoke to him, like, like James Franco does in Rise of the Planet of the Apes to the Apes, like where he was like, Suzuki. What did he say? He's like, Suzuki, respect. respect. Like, what? He's not and then, fucking. And then Suzuki yeah. just growled at him. So that's not, yeah, the he best... growled at him. That's not the best part of this, Scott. Do you, do you want to say the best part of the end of this show? I don't even remember now. Oh, Christian. Christian. But they reused footage from five months ago. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck are they doing, dude? And I didn't... Look, oh, this thing in Darby promo where they challenge for the tag titles, I like that because you know they're going to win the tag titles. And I liked when it cut to the Bucks deciding what camera angles, but I did not like when the Bucks showed up earlier, and I still don't like the Bucks as this gimmick. I think it's going to end in disaster. You mean the the Bucks as Vince Russo when he was creative control in WCW? <laughs> Literally, don't uh, again, Tony, my good close personal friend Tony Khan, buddy, pal, friend of mine. Please stop having the Bucks talk about backstage morale on TV when you have not straightened out backstage morale at your fucking company, like. Don't tempt the fates of the thing on hot. It's a bad decision. Yeah, no, it's a bad look. It's um, it's odd, and you're right. It it doesn't. It shouldn't be Sting's last um feud is focusing on 
that type of gimmick, even though I do think the final feud, you know, can be the Bucks because I love the Bucks in the ring. And, but yeah. It's also weird that like Flair disappeared. Yeah, they're still advertising Woo Energy Drink, though. Well, they're contractually required to do so. Uh, just like we are contractually obligated to close this show with high spot, low spot. So, Scott, I'm going to ask you, sir, what is your high spot and low spot of the week? Oh, I felt like I gave my high spot earlier, and I forget what it was. But my low spot is the rankings, even though it's Vince. It's the Vince thing. The Vince thing is awful. Oh, I think the Vince thing is just like a – that's a given, but yeah. It's a given. Uh, yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible. And then my high spot, I guess. Hmm. According to Patreon about Okada, I love Okada. I mean, that's another low spot of leaving AW. But I guess my high spot, or not AW, New Japan. I guess my high spot would be the potential of Okada going to either AEW or WWE. Uh, so that'll be my high spot. I think he deserves uh, sweet, sweet money. I think he's going to get it, and no matter where he goes. I think both will be fun for me to watch. I think there is one that is creatively more intriguing, and I think that's WWE. And I think there's one that's just me, you know, pulling for a company, uh, which is AEW. I think, you know, they're taking a lot of L's, and they, they you know, they could use uh, a great in-ring talent, even though they got plenty of it. But goddamn what he could do in WWE with the way things are set up right now. Could be really cool. So yeah, that's my high spot. Okada maybe in WWE or AEW. I, I have two low spots. The first AEW related. Mike had sent this to us that their attendance was hitting WCW two thousand levels. You know, I, I know I'm supposed to be the the AEW hater and the WWE homer. Like some of my best friends are are in that company. One of them wrestled Jeff Hardy last night, which I know is a personal dream of his. Uh, Edge is a guy I've always been a huge, you know, fan of. Loved working for him. Like, there's a lot of really talented performers on that show that deserve to get to ply their craft in front of a large crowd, uh, or at least a well booked arena. If it's a, if you're only going to draw a smaller crowd, but you pack that building, it looks and sounds great. They really have to refocus their energy in terms of what they're doing and how they're doing it. Uh, my other low spot is, you know, the Vince stuff obviously is horrifying and disgusting and is going to be a story for a long time going forward. I feel bad, and this is going to sound petty and minor, and it's not meant to. I feel bad for the performers going into Royal Rumble with all the momentum that there was going into this show and now being distracted by this. I said the same thing about AEW going into their last pay-per-view, the last several issues, instances that happened. Um, this is just going to hang over not only this weekend, the next several months, like the road to WrestleMania, everything was built so well and it just kind of sucks. My high spot, speaking of that build to the road to WrestleMania, Scott and I got into it uh, in more detail on the Patreon, but the Cody CM Punk promo on raw was so good that I completely understand if they call an audible and said, yeah, we got to go with Cody and Punk. It was probably Punk's best promo since he's been back in WWE. It was Cody's most motivated promo. And I think we first all, like all of our like assholes collectively puckered 
when they first brought up Dusty, because everyone brings up Dusty, they did it in such a way that I thought this was masterful. Oh, yeah, man. The um, the I am more the American dream than you are and the I am more CM Punk than you are. Yeah, is yeah, that's all timer shit right there. That that was an awesome, awesome moment and, and uh, unbelievable promo. Yeah. Well, this was an awesome, awesome show, even though it was a lot of really difficult subject matter up top. Uh, you know, thanks, Scott, for for sticking with me on having to go through that. Uh, I know we had a much more fun, lighthearted show planned, but this is kind of the, the hand that we are dealt. Uh, anything you want to plug before we uh, we wrap this sucker up? Oh, I got another uh, podcast out for smokes that y'all should check out. It drops every Friday. And uh, our Patreon, uh, like I said, we did the 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 big show this past week. I will be back uh, with something to sports entertainment with on on Tuesday, talking raw. And since I uh, have freed up my calendar for the next little while of not having other podcasts to do, I will be dropping some more uh, interesting content on uh, on the Patreon, both of the five dollar and ten dollar tier. Uh, I caught some NXT this week. I, I think I might do a show coming up. Uh, talking about everything going on in NXT. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some SmackDown fallout that I'm going to touch on this weekend, but we are going to be back next week recapping the Royal Rumble, talking Dynamite or Dud, talking all the other crazy-ass news stories here. Uh, so appreciate all you Forbidden Dorks for all your uh, your love and support uh, for our, our show. It's a It's a blast. It's the best thing we get to do all week. Uh, Scott, what do you want to say to the fine folks? Ooh, wash your hands. Wash your hands.